to The Coaching Podcast, Coach for Success in Sport and Business. Hello and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Andy Scatlin. Thank you so much for being on the show, Andy. And uh, look, we'll jump straight into it. The first question is actually the Vegemite question, the Australian spread that you put on your toast. Now, have you ever tried it? I've never tried Vegemite. Okay, so next week I'm going to bring you just a little uh, little piece of Vegemite and you can get back to it. So in which Good. case, because you answered that way, you can either choose your best coaching moment or your worst coaching moment. Uh, well, uh, I don't know about my best coaching moment, um, but I had a moment this morning which was really, I think, I think a little of the best and the worst. Um, I met with a, a client in Israel this morning um, and it was the first meeting with her. And, and typically I go through a little exercise of getting to know the person and um, as I'm sure many coaches do. And I was trying to suss out what she was about and, and what her strengths were and things like that. And it was clear that she was really, suffering is probably too strong a word, but she was definitely had a weight on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I kind of rejected all of my plan for the call and we just jumped into what was bothering her. Um, and it, um, and by listening to her a little bit, giving her a couple of different ways to think about her, her current situation, um, you could see the weight lifting off her, most in the world, most in the way that she had this belief um, that she had to solve all the problems that her team had. If a, if a team member brought her a challenge, it was her job to solve that. And we, we picked up a different story, which is your job is to help people solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. And you could just see the weight lifting off her shoulders. Um, so that was a great moment. It was really meaningful. She, she gave me feedback that it was, she was feeling much stronger and she had an approach to what she would do next, which is what every coach wants to hear. Um, but on the other hand, um, we, we never got to, she never got a chance to hear what coaching is all about or what to expect out of the process. Um, <laughs> And so, so we'll end up using part of next time, perhaps, to do that. Um, but, um, but it was really a wonderful moment in that. And I, I think the learning for me, Emma, is um, be present to what's going on and lean into that um, and then pay attention because um, people are just so eager to change their lives if, if you just give them a little opening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I love that reframe and uh, yeah, lean in. Fantastic. The next question is the sliding doors question. So you- sure. Yeah. I, it's actually what got me into coaching. Um, I was, I was head of marketing and business development and strategy for, uh, for a really fast growing organization. And it, what it's what I'd been doing really for my whole career. And I was, I was still enjoying that. I wasn't burned out by any means. I wasn't feeling any lack of, of ability to grow or anything like that. But what I, what I noticed was I was get, getting a lot more jazzed out of watching people achieve things and watching teams accomplish amazing things. And, um, and I was getting a lot more energy out of watching that happen than I was around the day-to-day work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And from there, I kind of started studying leadership. How, how do people achieve things? 
and what's the role of leadership in that? And from there, it was a natural thing to kind of dig into my life purpose, which is I've discovered is to help people identify and reach their potential. And from that place, coaching was a natural next step. And so that's, that's how I stepped into this work. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a little bit of a sliding door there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in one to a maximum of three words, what do you think makes a great coach? One word would be, well, three words would be deep level listening. Fantastic. Love it. And finally, our last question is where we ask you to ask us a question. What I always want to know more about is how does coaching fit into your, into your purpose, into the meaning in your life? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Love it. We look forward to discussing those answers. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you, Emma. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hi, Emma. Hi, Simon. Great stuff. Um, tell us about uh, ICF uh, and Andy and how you met. Yeah, we'd love to. So I think one of the things and the beauties of joining uh, an organization, especially when you move into a new area, is getting to to know the people and uh, what a better world to, to get to know people than in coaching. So I joined the, the local chapter, um, the ICF, the International Coach Federation Colorado chapter. Uh, so before COVID, we were meeting once a month on a Thursday. And then, of course, uh, there were some virtual sessions last year. So really great group. Uh, I felt like every time I was there, it was a great chance to practice my coaching skills, which sometimes we don't always get that chance to practice our own skills. But you almost have to because you're like surrounded by your fellow coaches. So every activity, it's like, oh, this is a coaching activity, like an indirect one. But Andy was the um, on the committee there. And so he was the first person that sort of encouraged me and, and said, come along and um, see what we're all about. And uh, and since then, I ended up, um, yeah, getting my PCC, my professional coach certification, and uh, and right. allows me, you know, just to have that qualification to be able to, to coach here in the States. It's, it feels very um, rewarding and worthwhile. But Andy, he's he's got that real, you could probably hear it from the interview, that real wisdom in his voice, um, which I'm sure other people would have noticed, noticed there. So, um, yeah, let's, let's, I'll have to get you to send me some of those little packs of Vegemite from office work. Simon, I've, I've run out. I keep saying I'm going to, anyone that hasn't tried Vegemite, I said that I'm going to, to give them some, but now I'm, I'm out of Vegemite. I've only, so you'll have to send me some, but, uh, I will. I will. but I love, you know, just that first moment. Um, have you had experiences like that, Simon, where, you're coaching someone and you've, you've gone in a different direction because, you know, as he said, be present, you've lent in and you've paid attention and you realize that you needed to, to change the direction of the coaching session. Uh, yes. That's very, um, it's actually quite common in the work that I do. In fact, that probably happens more times than not because in, in the call center world with staff that I end up, uh, training, having scheduled sessions with, uh, for clients and they, um, yeah, they book sessions. It might be say a half hour coaching session. And, uh, I've reviewed their calls previously. So I've got insight into how they're interacting with 
customers. And so I go in with a, a sense of where I certainly I want to focus the conversation and, and the coaching. Uh, but as per, as you know, practicing techniques, when you open up, you know, do that discovery process with good questions. And as people start to talk openly, often there's other things that you start to get a sense of just beyond the, uh, behind the surface um, that they might not be saying verbally to you, but you, you can see with their emotions, reticence to be coached. That's one of the things I have to face is I'm often coaching people who don't necessarily want to be there. So that throws up some interesting, uh, yeah, interactions, I suppose. So yeah, look, that's something I'm always, I have to be uh, attuned to. And typically I'm, I'm quite comfortable in making decisions in, on, in the moment, uh, based on, yeah, the individual's, I suppose, emotional responses or what may be suggested. Cause here's the thing in, in, in business, there's often so many cultural things, uh, operational things that you just have no clear sense of when you're not actually working in that business yourself. And I'm always mindful of that as, as a coach, um, that there's always going, going to be underlying things that are influences on that behavior that I've listened to. So, yeah. And like, you know, if you don't tackle the source, uh, things that, things that influence behavior, then you can just focus on behavior, but you know, long term that, that might be an inhibitor if you're not, not addressing the, the underlying issues. So yeah, it's, it's always an interesting thing. And so, yeah, it was good to hear that, um, hear that example come out from Andy is uh, something he, he faced uh, as well. So what, what about with yourself, Emma, and, and I suppose the coaching that you do? Yeah, I mean, I think I like what you said, Simon, about instincts and trusting your gut and knowing when you need to shift the session. Because as you said, in, with emotions and things going on for people, you don't really know what's really going on for someone and that could be blocking uh, a breakthrough or blocking what it is, you know, when you know coaching's going from here to there. And uh, when there's a big block in the middle of the road, doesn't matter how many great questions you ask or which tools you use, uh, unless you can move that move that block first. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's um, beating your head up against a wall, and especially when people don't want to be there. I mean, kids as well. You know, parents just put them in tennis coaching. <laughs> And uh, we, we know what that's like. It's one thing also I wanted to pick up in his language. Um, in one of the things he helped um, her do in the session was to change the narrative, to give her a different story, which was mm. to, you know, they, together, I think collaboratively, it sounded like that they came up with, you know, that her job is to help others solve their own problems. You know, and I, I think sometimes as coaches, I don't know whether you can relate to this, Simon, but like it's almost like I've got all this 30 years, right, of coaching knowledge in my head. And I want, you know, especially in chapter one, I wanted to give it all to you at once, as, as I, I think you and I have spoke about on previous episodes. But I think that um, rather than us always thinking that we know the answer, that's one thing that the ICF Colorado chapter really, really uh, hits home, that the coaching process and the coaching environment is about unlocking the learning in someone else, helping them provide that safe space for them to be able to solve their own problems. And the minute we we take the weight of the world off our shoulders and we we stop trying to solve mm. everybody else's problems, it is quite uh, uplifting. What are, what are your thoughts on that take? Um, yeah, as I was listening to Andy and even just you then, um, what goes through my head is the difference between, I suppose, as a coach uh, and even relating to, say, the individual that he was he was coaching, 
you know, what is your role as a manager? What is your role as a coach? And uh, I've spent the last, well, a couple of years, even in between the, the, the breaks we've had with the coaching podcast, and we're spending a lot of time working with clients and thinking about it myself and my own content uh, around what is, you know, really trying to pin down what is your key role when you're in those positions. And I think the mistake that often gets made is people see themselves as a teacher, which is obviously a part of what we all do in with that and that level of expertise and the need to just impart the knowledge when actually, you know, a great coach you're, is more, you're more of a facilitator. Give it to good questions, get them thinking differently to come up with the solutions basically themselves with your guidance, with your assistance. And yeah, you can intervene more or less depending on how confident they are and, and how good they are in, in, you know, I suppose following that process themselves. But I see that as the, the core role as a great coach is to, is to guide, facilitate. Um, I don't know if you've got any other words there, Emma, but rather than um, teaching. And because and in leadership as well and in, in business, there's often those debates and, you know, the differences between management and leadership. Um, and I think as a coach, when you want to lead, lead the way, it's, it's about, yeah, asking the right questions, being the guide, the facilitator rather than the teacher. So, yeah, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, one of the guests on the coaching podcast recently, you know, Jay Gruden, uh, one of the head, or, you know, NFL coaches, and I was actually looking at some YouTube clips of him coaching. And so, you know, it's very direct. It's very to the point and it's very repetitious and it's very teacher. It's very teacher-like. Uh, and I think yeah. um, one insight from one of our guest coaches, Damien Carmody Stevens, Damien had an awesome point that it depends on the culture of the sport and in the workplace, the culture of the workplace um, and the type of business it is and, of course, how much time you have um, yeah. to get to get a message across. So I think, you know, that's that's why it's such an amazing job, isn't it? There's, there's no one way mm -hmm. to coach, but there are certainly um, – different ways of being that you need to, again, what he said, be present, lean in, pay attention and have that deep level listening, which of course is, is there's that word again, Simon Blair listening. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's the through yeah. line of the entire podcast. I must admit we hear it. Um, someone recently said beyond the listening, like all these words around listening. And when we come from that standpoint yeah. first, and listening to the culture of the organisation, whether sometimes that culture does need to be shifted, as we know, as well. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I think where I was going with with all of that um, is what you, picking up on what you're saying around leadership and knowing when to play the facilitator, mentor, and the coach role. Yeah, and the different hats it, that you have to wear. Yep. Yep. So I think it's um it's it's really important. What about this the sliding doors example, which actually links to his question back to us in the podcast. So he he talks about the 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 moment where he discovered um, his life purpose, which is to help people identify and reach their potential. You know, he was in a job, I guess, where he was getting more jazzed about watching the team success, and then it helps him discover his life purpose, which is what he's doing now. And again, you can hear that in the authenticity of this, of this interview. 
which relates to his question back for us. So I'm going to throw it to over over to you. Mm. How does coaching fit into the meaning of your life, Simon Blair? Um, it's very, very close to what he was articulating. I, um, you know, I spent and through the podcast that you and I have been doing, Emma, over you know a few years now, it's it's really helped me. Um, I think the great benefit for me has been psychologically getting me to think more deeply about you know the choices that I make in terms of where I spend my time, both professionally and and personally. And um, my whole life has has been leading me to uh, coaching in various forms. Um, and I always say I probably might have been a teacher in, an, in another form, but then just like we talked about, I don't know if the teaching aspect is like does enough for me it's actually the essence of coaching is that really satisfies a deep need that i have uh and i think ability a skill set that that's or affinity a natural affinity i have which is to help people get the best out of themselves uh you know i've it's why when i was 19 years of age i put up my hand to coach my sister's you know uh basketball team and and as a through my twenties, I was coaching junior basketball where I had no affiliation as a parent. Uh, I just had this overwhelming need to help these kids just have a great time and a great time by being challenged and and improving and building habits and and having fun and all. You know, and I just had a great ability to do to do that. And I was at the same time doing that in my work, where I became a, a manager and a coach in my work with with adults and. Um, and it's it's why in my own business I've been doing this for over ten years now, and I've been a conf- my whole career has been coaching uh, in various forms, um, and I I have this you know, and I've been doing it with with football with my girls, and yeah, look, it's just it, it is it is I think I always need to be in whatever I'm doing personally or professionally, be involved, be involved in in helping whether it's kids whether it's adults, whether it's with communication skill sets, which is what I do in my professional career, um, helping people have better conversations or helping girls kick a footy. <laughs> or uh, Huey just uh, Huey had his first, uh, my son, seven-year-old son, he had his first basketball game on Friday. So that instantly ripped me right back to those early moments as a coach um, and my own playing career and what it feels like when you're young and the mentors that you have. And, God, it made me really mindful of, Shut up, shut up, don't say too much. <laughs> Keep it very short, simple. I'm just a parent, but still helping, still coaching. But it was a great process as well in terms of moderating my natural tendencies. So I don't know, I'm, I'm going on a bit, Emma, but uh, it's all there. It's all it's all in, in the essence of what I'm doing. But I like the process of being able to um, put words to what it is that I'm drawn to. And he did that really, really well in that mm-hmm. um, in, in our interview. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd be keen to hear from you, from you, Emma. What is it with um, you know the the essence of coaching for you and um, its its purpose in your life? Um, what does it mean to you? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I think that you you know since since we met, you know, which is now twenty sixteen. Wow, when we when we first met, uh, that I've always struggled with um, simplifying that that, you know, what is it that you do or the elevator pitch, right? So I've always struggled with that. But even just last week I was interviewed for something and, and somebody asked me what I like to do more, speaking, mentoring, coaching. And I was like, 
coaching. Like I'm a coach. So (laughs) I was just like, oh, you idiot. Like that's hello. I've been doing it for, you know, and the reason 30 years, because I'm not that old yet, but it was because as you, I'm sure I would have mentioned to you before, Simon, it was my first part-time job past the paper round, right? So from 14 years of age. So, uh, and while I've had many different ways of reinventing my relationship with, say, for example, tennis coaching or business coaching and all the, all the ups and downs and little um, different ways that I've reinvented myself at the core of my being, I'm a coach. Mm. And that is to unleash human potential. And it's that simple. And recently when I did, redid my website, it's like speaker, mentor, coach to unleash human potential or mm. unleash human performance. Like it's so simple yeah, yeah. and it's become more and more simple as I've got older. So anyone out there who's yeah. also going, you know, like what's that trying to like really knuckle down on that um, elevator pitch or whatever it is now, you know, even when I get in an Uber, you know, it's still someone always you know always within the top three first questions what do you do what do you do i'm a coach and it's uh like andy i think you and i we live it we breathe it we love it and uh i think deep level listening is something i just want to go back to that for a minute because i jumped Mm. i jumped too quickly to his to his final question for us because it it related so much to his sliding doors moment but on the on the concept of deep level listening simon because it's such a through line of the podcast, it's in the top three responses in what makes a great coach out of about we're at around 450 responses to that question now. Uh, it's something that I still myself need to work on. Oh, right. I'm right there with you, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> it's been my number one development area for myself personally, most of my career. And I, for me, it's, because so passionate, I am a talker, words, blah, blah, blah. There's always something to say that often becomes the default position uh, in terms of my mode uh, when I'm not being conscious about my behavior. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it limits my effectiveness. The one downside to my effectiveness as a coach is not being that, that deep listener. And I know that because every time I consciously focus on doing that better and well, the, whatever the context of that session is, whether it's in sport or business, is always better, is always enhanced. And the person who I'm coaching feels um, far better about the experience and let alone the outcome of a coaching session. And I think it's all driven from great listening. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it's as we've talked about this regularly, and all the guests we're listening is front and center. It's it's the flip side of asking great questions as well. So I actually said listening plan in hand to the ability to ask open questions, targeted questions that gets people expressing themselves. Then you're in a position to actually listen to something. You know, you, you you're trying to get your coachee to expand and go deep to get to root cause and so there's a, there's a, it's a, it's the other side of the coin is the ability to ask good questions, which is a skill in itself, which enhances then the ability to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, nice insight. Can you give us an yeah. example of a targeted question? What are some that you, that yep. you use or? It's, I always start with to kickstart a conversation. It's put the words, tell me in front of whatever you're about to say. So Emma. Tell me about what's been happening last week. 
just say that again because it just the, the audio went weird. So Emma, tell me a bit about what's been happening with you in the last week. Right. I like that. Tell me. It's great. And now there's a couple of things going on with just that example that I gave where I want to engage you in conversation and get you to reveal stuff about yourself. It's short. It's got, it's got tell me. Uh, but critically, and this helps shorten the question, uh, there's a big pause at the end and silence. And I go, and I, you have to force yourself as a, as a talker <laughs> to be comfortable with not filling that space with words. Because in that space, and you did it with me, I, could, I was you know, even watching you over the camera, uh, seeing your eyes, it, your, your brain's starting to tick over and process, what's he, what's he wanting from me? What's he trying to get from me? And, and in that moment, you start to think, okay, what have I done the last week? What, what should I say? Uh, where of all the things I've done, what should I, you know? And in that five seconds-ish, you're going to start to think more deeply about the last week rather than just a surface level response that if, you know, if I'd ask, so did you have a good week, Emma? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's, it's closed. You don't get that, that depth. So that's just a very short um, example of put, tell me in front of what you're going to say. Uh, so it's basically talk to me, Emma, tell me about what you've been doing, you know, short, sharp, shut up. And then in that, in that silence, you get, you get more from the person you're interacting with um, the final and then where it comes translates to the listening so the technique for the listening is to label what you've just heard especially when there's emotion involved so if you get emotional and passionate as you reveal what's happened in the last week um label and it sounds like emma you're pretty excited about you know what's what's uh, what you did and what's about to happen yeah, yeah, that's right. And they, they'll tell you more about that thing. And I love so that labeling, question too. Ta can you tell me more? Yeah. So it's like expand. Oh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm curious. And that goes back to our you know, episode, curiosity. That's how you show as a technique, curiosity. Uh, so, yeah, it's all weaved into the – and then if you were to ask that person, so would you, how would you rate your coach as, uh, in terms of their listening ability? Oh, they were amazing. They were incredible. And really what's happening is good questions, silence, and labeling, summarizing, paraphrasing the key message or emotion that's, that's coming through in what they say. Because that demonstrates listening. That's that active, active listening rather than just a passive, yeah, I'm not, I'm listening, but you, the person doesn't really know if you're understanding, I suppose what they're conveying so yeah there's, there's a mini lesson <laughs> well that, what a great idea to actually ask your players i mean i i know we have a, a lot of tennis coaches that obviously listen to the, the coaching podcast i invite you all after a lesson just to ask your player to give you a rating on how you went with your listening today mm -hmm. that would be mm -hmm. really interesting how many questions did you ask and did you pause and allow space for the learner to have a go at an answer, even if they, they got it completely wrong. Uh, you know, if it's a technical answer or a tactical answer, but I, you know, I think that's a, that's a really good idea. I don't know if I've ever done that, but I, I've got a session on Friday. That'd be perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that. It's Thank you, Simon. Idea. So I love that 
from what you just said, it's just getting me thinking about the, you know, anytime we have that opportunity to marry, you know, the sports and, and business and, and what are those similarities, the essence of great customer service. And as a summary of, I suppose, what I said before is what do we all want as customers? And when you're coaching someone, even in sport, you're, the, you're serving them. All right. So in that moment, that participant is your customer. Okay. Or if you think about business, you know, actual customers um, dealing with a with an organization and, and a person in an organization. So when you're there to help the customer, what do customers ultimately want from any experience with you? They want to be heard. They want to be understood. And the third one, they want to be cared for. And so going back to what you said, if you were to ask your uh, ask participants that you've been coaching, how well do you think you've been heard <laughs> from me? Uh, that's a that's a fundamental um, psychological need that we all have to just feel like we're in the game. We're actually being respected. We're, we are actually an active participant. Because if you feel that that's not happening, doesn't matter whether you, someone cares about you, doesn't matter whether someone's even, you know, doing a whole lot of other techniques. So, yeah, going back to listening and its importance it is a foundational need for good experience as a customer i think therefore as a participant in a coaching session we all have that that deep-seated need so yes that what andy was saying that deep listening will obviously satisfy that um, and also help the understanding so you'll straight away get those first two and if you're demonstrating like using some of the techniques i mentioned before showing curiosity showing that you are actually invested, well, that shows care. That shows the care and consideration. So all those um, deep-seated needs that, that everyone has is um, whether you're a participant or a customer, I think uh, really can get satisfied by that focus on, on targeted, deep sort of listening. Fantastic. Well, we invite everybody, of course, to reflect on how does coaching fit into the meaning of your life? as coaches and uh, as, as listeners. Uh, so Simon, it's been a pleasure chatting, coaching with you once again. I love it. Can't get enough of it. And yep. uh, I appreciate you. Thank Thanks, you. Emma. And thank you, Andy. You're uh, we definitely um, appreciate your words yep. of wisdom. We could great stuff. Feel it in the interview. Thank you, everyone. The Coaching Podcast was brought to you by Emma Doyle and Simon Blair. Simon Blair is a business owner of Five Degrees. He's a sales and customer service assessor, trainer and coach. And you can find him at fivedegrees.com.au as in F-I-V-E. And I'm a global speaker and performance coach helping you unleash your potential. You can find me at emmadoyle.com.au. Thank you for listening to The Coaching Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.